Clubhouse bonus episode, Prepping Our Leadership Now for the Upcoming School Year. Hey, Elite Educators, it's Gretchen here from Always a Lesson. I'm popping in here with a super exciting bonus episode. I have been leading chats on the Clubhouse app, which is an audio conversation platform for months now. I created the Instructional Coaching Club on Clubhouse, and I lead those chats Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, so I sure hope you join us. But if not, drumroll please, you can catch the replay right here. How cool is that? This is a new feature Clubhouse has rolled out, so the past chats we've held are not recorded. It's such a bummer. However, going forward, I will be sharing the replay with you here. Even more professional support for you on your edu leadership journey. So let's dive into the convo. Hey, Mel. Hey, how are you? Good. What you been up to? Oh, nothing. How are you? (laughs) I'll I'll say this. I'm saying nothing but all the things, actually. All the things. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, I'm excited to jump into our discussion. But while um, I'm going to ping people in, and while we're doing that, will you just do a quick intro? Because folks that listen to the replay or on the podcast, they'll be able to hear this beginning part. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll go ahead and get started. My name is Melniqua Holloway. I am, uh, I've been in education for, this is my 19th year going on 20. Um, I started out as a classroom educator, teacher for um, fourth and fifth grade for 15. Um, One year after that, I became an um, interventionist. And then for the last four years, um, four and a half years, I've been an instructional coach, uh, school leader, and I'm currently on my EDD in assessment, learning, and student success. So um, I recently heard someone say that I've been in school for almost 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, um, I'm still in school, but yeah, that's who I am. That is the truth. (laughs) And even though we're going to talk all things instructional coaching, is there something you do to just kind of turn that part of you off so that you can rejuvenate and show up even better every week? Oh, what a great question. Um, I recently started back exercising Um, from the COVID and all the things that I kind of stopped. And so I started exercising, just getting some alone time, quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, without all the noise, yeah. <laughs> um, that has been my turn off my self care lately. Um, uh, and honestly, this is my one of my secrets to my success. I just get home and sit in the car before I walk in the house, oh. so that I don't they don't get the the Grinch, yeah, or all the things from the day. So I typically will come home and sit in the car, you know, get my all finish up all the messages take care of any last minute things that I need to do that I can do in the car so that my family gets happy mom (laughs) and not, you know, downloading from down things I've downloaded on them from work. So those are, yeah, I agree. And especially during COVID and stuff, virtual leadership was really hard because we didn't have a chance to decompress before jumping back into our life. And so now that we have a little commute, it's nice to kind of put the windows down and just rant and rave. And then when you show up for your family, 
you don't carry it with you, you know? Yeah, that is my secret. I just, my husband's like, why are you in the car? I'm like, just give me a moment. I'm coming. You know? Yeah. Okay, cool. So welcome Aaron, Fanti, and Casey. I've pinged some more folks in, so they'll be joining us. We are going to be discussing prepping our leadership now for the upcoming school year. And it's really essential that we are taking time way ahead of time to decide to learn from what went well this year, what didn't work and use this time at the end of the year where we might not be partnering with teachers as much to plan for a successful start. What generally happens at the end of this year or at the end of any school year, coaches feel like, man, I am not a coach. I am a this and I'm a that and I'm an errand runner and I'm testing or I'm sending test materials to classrooms and I'm here and I'm there and I'm everywhere. And what is the point of my job? And you start to get a little frustrated. Hey, Marilyn. And you might even feel a little discouraged. Like, is this really my job? Do I want to show up today and just be this little errand runner? And it really got the discussion going in my mastermind about how can we leverage our time right now so that we are better prepared for next year instead of you know, grunting about helping out and rolling up our sleeves in the ways that schools need us to at the end of the year, in the nooks and the crannies where we do have time to ourselves, what should we be doing? What could we be doing that would be a smart use of our time that will use our coaching abilities? Um, and that way, when school starts, there's not that mad rush of trying to get systems in place, protocols, materials, and get things started. Everything is ready to go. And that's just smart planning on our part. And so we're going to discuss what we have found to be successful and go from there. So feel free if you guys want to use the chat. Oh, I already see us chatting along. I love this room chat. Um, and we can also bring you up when you're ready to share your own ideas. So Mel, I'm going to kick it off. Why did you feel like this was good timing, but also important to discuss and then share with us your first tip? Yeah, absolutely. So um, let me have a transpo uh, transparent moment, a little vulnerability here. A couple of weeks ago, um, we started hearing that some of our teachers were going other places. And we're about mm, 45 minutes from the heart of Nashville. So I'm in a little suburb outside of Nashville. And I've always done this since I've been a coach, but it really allowed me to start thinking even further ahead. Um, I, I came home very upset and I was like, okay, what can I do to make sure that I am prepped for this? We're kind of the gateway into our district, if you want to say that. We're about 50,000 kids and I'm in a school of about 900, a little over 900. We have K through eight and there are um, eight teachers on each team. So I'm in somewhat of a large school in, in, a, in a large district. So um, what I typically do is in the very beginning of the year, I buy a brand new binder notebook and I just started jotting down ideas from the year. I mean, it's just like a brain dump every once in a while that I've um, that I, I've done all, you know, over the last four years of just getting all these ideas down because they come so fast and you're always moving and you're always, you know, in one room, out of another room, in with the principals, out with the admin, you know, you're doing all the things. So 
that is my first tip. Just in the beginning of your year, I know we're at the end of the year, begin jotting down ideas, resources, things that you want to bring into the next year. I'm a tight, I'm in a title school. So we have a lot of resources. We have a lot of money, but that money has to be spent by a particular time. And mm-hmm. if you don't have that plan in place, you don't get the resources until later. So what we've done as a team, there, there are four of us, instructional coaches that are four of us. We, um, we, I've, I, and I'm the team lead. We just jot down ideas any time of the year, very random, anywhere on a sheet of paper in this particular notebook so that we can begin to think about what are our next steps for next year um, as we are pushing towards uh, meeting the goals that we've accomplished or that we have in place. So that would be my first tip is just having somewhere you can just put down the ideas when you're in your meetings, all these resources that you're hearing, all the books that you're hearing, all the curriculums that you're hearing, um, all the podcasts, like all the things that you're hearing, you need someone to co- somewhere to collect those things because when you don't, you lose them. As soon as you walk out of your office, as soon as you walk out of a classroom, a lot of times those ideas are gone. I agree. I have a little notes app and every time someone tells me read this book or listen to this podcast or go to this conference or, Hey, can we order more sticky notes or hi, can we have this, um, subscription to, you know, time for kids or whatever it is. It's like, Oh yes, I need to make sure, um, I write this down and I share it in my admin meeting. And so you need just a a place where you start gathering, ideas. And it's not that you have to do anything with them, but these nooks and crannies in this spring semester, when you're not being utilized for um, walkthroughs and coaching cycles or teachers are testing and you don't have to pull a group that day or whatever. And you're like, shoot, what do I do with myself? Now's the time to pick up that list and make a strategic plan. What can we use? What do we have to allocate for? Um, Can I start gathering these things now? Uh, whatever it might be. And so through our discussion tonight, we're going to be talking about what some of those things might be. So I'm, I'm glad, Mel, that you mentioned having a way to just capture it and, and we'll table it for when we do have some time. Welcome, Jessica, to the room. Feel free to join us um, in the chat or you can come up on stage and share your tips. I want to share, some of mine are, are kind of random, so I'll just share them throughout, and Mel and I will just bounce back and forth. I did share in the chat um, a blog post with 10 end-of-year tasks. Because that's already there for you, I'm going to share things that are not mentioned in there, so feel free to give um, that a look, too. One thing that teachers really are asking for at the end of the year, whether we're after testing or we have, you know, the, the stress of testing, or maybe you're K2 and you're not testing for whatever reason, or maybe it looks different in middle school if you have subjects that aren't tested areas and, and same with high school, jump into a classroom and, and provide a fun uh, instruction, whether you're going to lead it, uh, you could do a read aloud for the younger kids. If you're older group, maybe you do some quick direct instruction or you share uh, a funny story and then it kicks off their class for creative writing or whatever it might be. Think to yourself, okay, teachers would like to mix up what's going on right now. They need a different energy, a different vibe. They want to get reinvigorated. They've got to get kids interested that they're just the glassy stairs are happening. Everyone's getting spring fever what can I do to make the lesson come alive? And you say, Hey, tag me in. I'll give you five to 10 minutes. 
utilize me in a way that would really help engage the kids. So tell me what it is. Maybe I lead the activity or like I said, I teach or I do a read aloud, something that would just change it and make it fun and exciting. And so you can change your coaching menu or just put out a survey or make an announcement at a staff meeting that you were offering these tiny chunks throughout the day, sign up here, be very clear with me ahead of time what it is you want me to do. I'll approve it if it, you know, makes sense. And, um, and then it just bring everything alive. And I think this is the perfect time of the year to do that. Back to you, Mel. Yeah, I agree. Um, even morning meetings, I'm not sure if your schools are doing morning meetings, but if you have a few minutes, um, allocated in the beginning of the mornings, if you could go in and do their morning meetings, um, we know SEL is very important right now. So giving teachers an opportunity to see it um, from another viewpoint has been, um, is what I've done in the past. It's just going in and saying, hey guys, do you, you know, again, that's a great idea of doing the sign up. Um, one other strategy that we are going to do tomorrow is I'm meeting with my mass um, curriculum leads and we're going to do a celebration. And again, to increase that energy, um, because they are getting to the point where they're like, oh, we're just a few weeks away. Um, we're going to celebrate the accomplish that we, accomplishments that we've made this year. So um, I'm calling them in. It's after school. So and we're going to just do a big celebration. I'm going to show them um, some data from the beginning of the year to now from the district as well as our school level and just celebrate um it's amazing. I did not know this, but how much celebration, uh, how how helpful it is for the brain. It like lowers cortisol. Um, it does really great things. So celebrating the accomplishments would be another tip I would um, offer. Um, and it doesn't have to be big. And sometimes it doesn't have to be for an accomplishment. You can just do a celebration just because. Um, and um, I found that that is very helpful. Um, especially during these times of the year. So tomorrow we are, we're going to celebrate it. We've talked about kind of a football theme. We're doing a football theme and talk about how we've, um, we're at the, you know, we're at the one yard line and we're just about at the touchdown. And so how much, you know, watching a little football film and talking about, we, we still have to do some work to get to that touchdown, but yeah, it was so worth it. Look how much we've accomplished. And so it just really helps um, with in the within the group that to teacher efficacy. It helps with trust. It helps with vulnerability. Just having that opportunity to celebrate um, even the large wins as well as the small wins. And so that's one of the tips we're going to actually do tomorrow. I love that. That is so fun building that culture of celebration and just coming together as a school family. I wrote down teacher treats and appreciation. So that goes along well with that. Take time to just be very specific and personalized. It could be one sentence. It could be one word. Uh, Wordle speaking of is a fun way to just think about characteristics of people and create a, a visual sign that they'll just hang in their classroom as a way to appreciate them. But I think, many teachers will tell you like they appreciate staff appreciation and teacher appreciation, but what they love the most is when it's random, especially on a really hard day. If you're noticing folks are just really stressed, swamped, like trying to make it to the end, students and classroom management start to get a little crazy. Everyone's wanting to be outside and be done. And 
uh, a lot of focus on the end of your academics and stuff. And so if you can just write a quick um, personalized note, that will be great. And you can find some fun stationery and, and pens and keep it with you all day long and just do it when you feel inspired to do it. I would sit outside in our on our campus and find a little shade and just get quiet and see like, okay, who's on my mind? Uh, who have I not talked to? What is something I think that would really lift them up? Write it down. And then when it's appropriate, drop it in their box. And so I would just kind of add that on to Mel's idea of celebrating everybody and coming together. I wanted, uh, can I add one last yeah. thing to that? Um, okay. so this year, this was so much fun. We had, um, we did our PLCs or, and we do celebrations before and we sent out a survey to our team and it was most likely to be uh most likely to be running into the you know pulling into the driveway at i mean the parking lot at 7 13 which we have to be there at 7 15 <laughs> or most likely to leave their teacher cup somewhere in the building and so we got everyone to participate the energy rose like it was just amazing i did not come up with that idea one of the other coaches did but the teams were like oh my gosh and we, we printed out a little certificate saying most likely, you know, the most likely. So anyway, it was really fun. Um, the teachers hung them up in their classrooms and um, it just really helped propel some of the, um, the energy for the next couple of weeks. And so, yeah, I just wanted That's to fun. share that. Yeah, like superlatives. I like that. <laughs> a little fun to brighten your day. Want to say hey to Sheila and Jason. So I'm going to go on to my next tip. The end of the year is a great time to break away from the monotony of hitting the standards or getting through the curriculum. And we have a little bit more time, especially if it's after testing season, to do a lot more project-based learning. Hey, Jennifer. And be able to help teachers design these projects, whether you're like, okay, I'm going to help do the third grade one or the sixth grade one, or you're going to have a PLC and we're all going to create it together. But I think it's, it's fun when we're not just sitting and planning and going through the steps we've been doing all year and we can kind of mix it up and say, all right, cool. Let's design something really fun for next month. Some project that kids can work on as they're finishing tasks that will be aligned obviously to standards and spiral through old curriculum, but will be fun and exciting and be an extension of what they're already doing. High flyers are gonna be ready to rock and roll, um, but everybody else deserves to have their brains kind of stretched in that way. And I think a lot of the times project-based learning comes down to the teacher to really make it fit their classroom and their teacher's needs. But many times they're unsure how to go about it, or it seems extremely daunting versus finding one activity. It's you got to think long-term and everything has to line up. And usually there's a rubric and that can seem like, I just don't even have enough time to do what I'm supposed to do, let alone something like this. And so as a coach, this is the perfect time to co-plan to come together and maybe even co-teach and introduce the project and, and jump in. Hey, when you guys kick it off next week, let me know. I'll pop in for five minutes. I'll sit with some students, make sure everyone's good to go. I want to hear progress updates. How is everyone doing? If students get into a rut, let me know. I'll pop in and give some encouraging advice. But let's move beyond the curriculum. The spring's a perfect time to do that. So don't forget as a coach that you can create time and space to help teachers design new opportunities. 
Yeah, that was great. Um, something else that we have on the books or in the schedule is some vertical planning because many times we hear teachers say, um, well, we don't know what's going on in third grade if I'm a fourth grade teacher and I don't know what's going on in the fifth grade. So we, um, this is a great opportunity to get some virtual planning if you can figure out how your schedule can provide that. But um, have the teachers bring in their resources. And it's really fun to get to hear about what the grade ahead of you or the grade behind you, they're, what they're doing and how you can align that for the following year. Um, and it doesn't have to be a, a heavy or daunting task. Sometimes it's just listening to um, and just jotting down notes of, okay, here's some things that I can implement or here's some habits or here's some things that these kids have been introduced to so that I can, so that I can um, provide some, some additional supports as these kids move to the next grade. Yes, and that is one thing my coaches ended up doing for me when I was in the classroom as I was saying, what am I, what do my kids need to know? How can I be prepping them right now for expectations? Not just content, but like if their homework is longer, maybe I need to think about doing that. Or if they need to read for longer chunks of time, maybe I can incorporate that. If the way that they write down homework or turn in assignments is different, how can I start prepping them for that now? If they're switching classes, is there something we can do as a grade level to start that now, those kind of conversations. And so what that turned into is my coach set up uh, conversations from the grade level below and grade level above. And you basically said, here are the three non-negotiables I want students to be able to do before they come into my classroom. And it was really cool to be able to talk to uh, second, I was in third, so go back to second grade and say, hey, please stop writing down stuff in your kids' agendas. They need to be able to do that. Um, and hey, can you please help them tie their shoes and silly things like that? And hey, can you ask their parents to start maybe with one chore that they lead at home so that when they come to the classroom, they're ready to lead in the classroom with a chore like you're the door opener or you're passing out the homework or whatever. Can we do a school home connection that way? And then it was really eye opening to go to fourth grade and hear from them what they wanted my kids to do. And I, I was 100% on board, but I'm so glad I asked when I did because we really needed all of fourth quarter to prep kids for just the different habits that are necessary to be successful in the next grade. And so I would say as a coach, think about if you're not already doing that in your building, how can you create those conversations if they can't be in person? Is there some sort of uh, communication tool you can use to do that? And during PLCs, have the teams decide what are those non-negotiables. Let's not make it a laundry list. Maybe one, two, maybe even three. And we had a moving up day for kids where they would go to the next grade. It wasn't their assigned teacher, but it was just to see what it's like to be in the next classroom. And the desks are set up different and the content's a little different. And they got a little mini sample of a lesson and their eyes are open like, oh my gosh, this is so much harder and so different, but I'm excited. And it really, um, again, was just something to get kids re-excited about that part of the year. They're no longer looking to the end. They're already thinking about what's coming next and we're excited to show up. And anytime you can mix up the routine, I think is really fun. And so, yeah, I agree with you about that 
you know, coordinating amongst grade levels, but also doing something for students. So as coaches, as leaders, think about how you can do that in your buildings and feel free. I see the chats going, um, feel free to add your own thoughts in there. You can see the little chat at the, um, bubble at the bottom. Or if someone said something and you don't want to forget it, you can use those scissors and just clip the last 30 seconds or so and send it to yourself as a reminder or share it out. All right, back to you, Mel. Yeah, um, just to piggyback on that, we um, are doing K for a day. And so we're going to the um, preschools that are feeder, feeder preschools that are coming into our um, building and we're going to go grab, you know, get them, get them bust in so that they can experience kindergarten for a day. Um, and then we'll have our parent meeting following that. But we're, the, the little ones are such so exciting, uh, so excited about having the opportunity to go to big, big girl and big boy school. <laughs> have a kindergartner's like right, kindergartner right now. She won't be attending our school, but um <laughs> i'm excited she's gonna do the same thing for her school so i think it's um i think it's just a great opportunity to um to uh you know have the opportunity to see something other than what they've already used to um so here's my next tip i would go ahead if you could plan your summer initiatives meaning or your summer planning um we can plan our train we can get pd hours in the summer for planning, you know, and prep, prep, prepping for the next year. We usually do that later in the year, like in the summers, like in July, but next year our goal will be formative assessments. And so we're gonna take some time just to map out some formative assessments. And so it's good. And then I'm gonna go in as the coach to help train in that process. And then the teachers can implement it the next year, but we wanted to get it on the calendar before the end of the year. Um, just so that they can start wrapping their mind around, you know, what are our next goals? I think it's important that we tell teachers, um, as well as our admin, cause we're liaisons between, you know, the, our admin and our teachers, you know, what do our teachers need? And so that is our goal for next year. And so we're already putting on our books, you know, this is what we want to do, um, for the summer. And so we'll, we'll have fun and we'll eat pizza and hang out for the day again, building that collective efficacy and, and that culture and that collaboration time. But we're going to do some of that in the summer, just when we've had our, we're not thinking about school and we're not focused on um, our students and all the things, but that will be my next tip going, go ahead and putting some um, things on the calendar that you want to implement for next year. Yes, absolutely. Um, that goes back to that reflection piece. Don't be afraid to just sit still a minute. Sometimes we feel like, oh my gosh, I should be moving around. I should be doing a million things because sometimes that's the tempo of the end of the year. But it is nice to sit still and reflect and, and do the work and say, what do I want to implement? What do I think would be really helpful? And how could I create a system or a process to make it successful? And uh, sometimes we don't give ourselves time to think about that. I'm going to share a tip, and this might be similar to what Marilyn was sharing in the chat, and, but Marilyn, feel free to tell me if yours is slightly different. Teachers have their summative assessments at the end of the year, um, or it's basically a way that they 
or it's not assessment, sorry, evaluations where the principal will say like, overall, this is how you did. And it is helpful when the coach can say, let me help you walk into that meeting prepared to share additional information. Some principals will say, I'm just going to give you a recap and here's your score. But some are open to saying, have you done anything that I haven't seen you do or haven't heard you do that you want to add to this document and I can finalize it later? And so one thing you might do is do a workshop either after school or if your principal allows you to do it during the day. But teachers can chat with you about what evidence would be helpful to add to their file or to showcase that they go above and beyond the required duties. Many teachers want to do just, just what's required and they're happy with that, but some want to move up the ranks on their evaluation rubric. And, and sometimes they feel like, I am doing these things, but am I doing it enough for it to count to get that next bump up in rating? Or what can I bring to the conversation to truly show I am helping the students outside my classroom? Maybe it's my grade level or in the school building or maybe it's something I'm doing in the community, um, or maybe it's a project I've done that went above and beyond what the district curriculum was, anything that would help push their rating. And sometimes they just need someone to be a sounding board. And you can say, bring all your paperwork, bring social media, whatever you're interacting on to do whatever these things are, bring it and let's figure out how we can use it or document it or, and put it in a tub or a bin or a binder and share it with your administrators during that last meeting. And even if the principal tells you, like, I can't give you credit for this. This is already due. I wish you had told me earlier, or this isn't quite right in terms of the evidence necessary. It opens the conversation so teachers know going forward what it is that they need to be tracking. And that lets you as a coach know, maybe every quarter I need to help my teachers update their files so they're not scrambling at the end of the year, like updating a resume, you know, trying to remember all the things you did. Like, what can I do to help them collect all this evidence, whether it's student work samples or leadership um, examples and certificates that they can bring to the meeting. And so you being the leader in the building, helping them create those files and go to those meetings with something to contribute rather than it being a passive conversation, being told where they are on the tool. Yeah, I would agree. Um, also a, a real powerful tool is a checklist. And so this year, um, so, for example, this year you may write down all the things that you have, and then for next year you'll be able to check off, I have this, I have this, I have this, and here are some additional things. And, and just having a file that you drop those certificates in or dropping those, um, you know, a PowerPoint that you've participated in, uh, you know, and just dropping those notes in your professional file. So at the end of the year, when that rubric time comes, you say, I've hit these things based on the checklist that you have have already um, set aside for yourself. Yeah, and that's easy to create and something that you can change and alter each year. It reminds me of one of the items on my list about creating your own paperwork as a coach or a teacher leader. That checklist or any sort of survey is something that you want to look at and say, 
Are there bits and pieces I want to tweak? Now I can start making those changes and save it into my files for next year. If I don't have any sort of protocols or paperwork or a process that I think would be necessary and would be helpful, now is the time to design them and maybe even get a few teacher eyes on them to say, what is missing? Do you think this would be helpful? Um, what can I add or change? Or maybe you share with your admin team and say, uh, would you find this helpful? That kind of thing. So yeah, tightening up your own, how you function, how you do your job, uh, go ab above and beyond what's provided to you to really ensure you're meeting everyone's needs. And, and you're the designer and creator of that. So I agree, you know, just adding on to what Mel was saying. I want to mention a point about growing your professional learning community. Obviously, you're here on Clubhouse, uh, and that's a perfect place. So if you're not already, follow each other. Click on their profiles. Follow them here. Follow them on whatever other social media they have tagged in their profile. Join us at the Coaching Summit. That's another great place. I've put the link for your ticket in the chat there. I know Casey's going to be presenting too, so I'll be really exciting to hear from her. Um, but that is the place to say, I don't, I don't have to be alone on my campus. I do want to have friends beyond people in my district because the only way to grow is to expose yourself to people who are different. So if you're constantly talking to people in your own circle, in your own school building, in your own district who operate with the same kind of students, same kind of obstacles, you're really limiting your growth as a leader. So if you can start talking to people that lead in buildings that are different, an elementary and middle, a high school building, that they have um, maybe a lot of parental involvement or they really struggle or it's dual language or anything that would really set apart from what your current environment is. Those are people you want to follow and connect with and swap stories and share strategies because that is gonna help you decide how can I diversify? How can I strengthen my own toolkit? Are there things they're doing that I might be able to tweak and use in my building? And if you're only kind of hanging out with people that are facing the same things, it's hard to really grow your ideas and be exposed to other things. And so if you're not going to transfer buildings and try coaching in different environments, your PLN is one way to still get benefit from that. So decide who are the people on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, especially in teacher leadership groups. I know there's plenty of instructional coaching groups on Facebook that you can join. And don't just lurk and listen, try and really connect with people who seem similar or seem different and make your own little pod and say, how can we learn from each other this summer? Do we just want to keep in contact? Do we want to do a book study? Do we just want to ask questions. We want to move this to a Voxer group chat where we can hear each other's voice and talk on the go. And I mean, make this what you want. And so at the end of the year, you might start thinking, what do I want for myself for professional development? Who do I need to hang with? Where do these people go? First step would obviously be asking your district, is there something in our district that's available so I, I can at least meet those people? And in meeting those people ask, do you talk to people outside the district and try and meet those people and then move it online to try and find uh, folks from around the world. So that would be my suggestion of using your time wisely to build your PLN. Yeah, I was actually, my last tip was personal goals and I put relationships on there. And I think um, I recently heard, or maybe last summer, even reading 
material that is not necessarily under the umbrella of education. Reading something on engineering or reading something about, um, you know, animals or pets or planets, um, other career fields. To, so you can glean from the processes that they've put in place to help with your craft as educators. And so um, in your while you're doing um, as you're growing this summer, um, pulling on some of the resources that you may not know um, could help you, but really really could help you in your craft and finding out what your self-care tips are, personal self-care tips are during these um, end of the month and summer months, uh, end of the year and summer months to help you prepare better for the following year. Um, I've learned that, um, you know, we come down and we're restful, but I also want to put in some strategies and some habits during the summer and at the end of this year, and I actually start really early, like now, okay, what am I going to do during the summer? What am I going to do for the first quarter of the year to help me so that I'm rejuvenated in the beginning of the year so that I'm prepared mentally and physically, um, for the years as it, you know, goes on. And so that would be my last tip, figuring out what personal, um, how could you take care of yourself personally, as well as personal goals that you would like to meet? I think teachers, um, educators, leaders, when you are fully fulfilled, this job becomes, um, even you become more passionate about what you do, um, outside of this realm of education. So figuring out what that is, um, figuring out, um, trying something new, uh, something you haven't done before. And that just really helps you when you get ready to walk back in those doors in August um, or even, you know, preparing for the summer or whatever that may be, but finding something different that can enhance you where you are currently. Yes, yes, yes. I 100% agree. I want to ask everyone in the room if you'll go to the little chat bubble, enter the chat room and share one activity you like to do that we hadn't mentioned at the end of the year to prep for the next school year. That way we can share out as a group. So you guys do that while I'm sharing my last tip and um, get things going. So the last thing I wanted to share with you is about community partnerships. Many community members do want to donate items, but there are folks who want to be more involved and they want to get to know the teachers and the kids in a more intimate way, and they might not know what that could look like. So this is the perfect time for you to say uh, to your principal, I'm going to leave for 30 minutes. I'm going to pass out flyers in the, in the businesses. And I'm hoping that we can start building these partnerships now and cultivating them over the summer. So that come fall, when we ask, Hey, can you come volunteer at the carnival or, Hey, we need folks to help sell, chocolate bars for this fundraiser, or we really like guest readers or for career day, we want you, your folks to come in, or we need testing proctors. Um, besides like the, the physical donations and stuff, it would be helpful. Hey, Erica, to set up these partnerships now. And it takes a long time to really build a trusting, long lasting relationship. But the best thing you can do is make the introduction be very clear with how you want them to partner. Maybe you give them 
three to five options or ways that they can give their time to the teachers. But obviously you can say like, if you can't do that, we'd love donations for teacher appreciation week or donations for kit our students or something. But you really want to have them be in the building as much as possible to just be part of the school culture. And they can invite their families and friends to school events. And it just kind of becomes a we thing instead of a me thing. And that really is what transforms schools is when more people are invested in what is happening. We had a church right next to our school that would always come and, and have them, the ladies would make lunches and stuff for teachers in the staff room. But they were amazed at the conversations that teachers were having about how to better help kids. And they just really got a behind the scenes look of what really goes on. And they said their eyes were so opened to really what people, their next door neighbor, meaning us in the school, were doing every day and the type of help that they really needed and what kids could have. And instead of continuing to do these lunches, which were helpful, they started showing up in a variety of ways to really get on the level with the kids and help with school projects while school was going on and um, help out in the front uh, office and answer phones and just do some tasks that they were more invested and motivated in. And so start making a list during these like, again, I keep calling them little nooks and crannies because you're going to have a few minutes here and a few minutes there where you're just not being utilized normally in the spring semester and think about who could you partner with? Um, what would the options look like that would really help your teachers and your students? And how can you create some sort of visual that you could pass out in the community and get that going? And then throughout the summer, maybe you're continuing to make phone calls or the principal while is at the school can host some get to know you activities or drop by events um, that will really help next year be really successful. Yeah, just to piggyback on that, um, what we've done is we've adopted the Ron Clark houses, you know, where everyone's yeah. a part of the house. And so our community members, when they come in, they get to spin, um, you know, so they can decide which, uh, spin a little, I don't even know what it's called, spin the wheel, they, they spin the wheel. And the community members get to get a lanyard, the color of the house that they are chosen for. And so that's another visual. So when you see me, you're like, oh, you go to, you know, oh, you're a part of my house, you know. And so it has become um, it has become really fun and exciting. And so when they come into our building, they're already a part of the community and culture that we've already created. Oh, I love that so much. And um, I think it's really important that our work, yes, is centered around growing teachers who then grow kids. But in order to do that, all these relationship pieces have to be in place. And so doing anything to build camaraderie and community should be top of the list. And so we haven't mentioned uh, every um, option there. So I'm going to see what a few folks had said in the chat. Casey's going to be doing another book study. If you guys are interested in connecting with her collaborative leadership, Marilyn talked about scheduling a year in review with two administrators that she reports to. She's got her agenda that she's going to um, follow in order to share and is going to lead into goals for next year. And I like that she is prepared. She is setting some boundaries with this is how I want the conversation to go. And this is what the outcome should be. And I think we as leaders are able to 
make our own chair at the table. We don't have to wait to be invited and say, I've got some great ideas and I'm willing to, you know, chart it and be the leader of it. And I'm willing to be held accountable to it. And this is what it could look like. And I think administrators are like, good, because a lot of the times they say no, because they don't want to have to figure out all the logistics when they've got a lot on their plate. So that's a great way to show leadership, to take initiative. Well done, Marilyn. Uh, Fantis talks about reflection and thinking about goals for beginning of the year. Yep. Casey says she's going to do the same. She's going to be co-constructing a 30, 60, 90 plan for instructional coaching that supports campus goals. Yes. And that reminds me, if you guys haven't ever thought about, you know, what your tasks look like in 30, 60, 90 day chunks, that is certainly something that would be really helpful for you to decide what do I need to be focusing on? What and when? If you can make a calendar for yourself, long-term planning, just like in the classroom, and say, okay, I want to do book clubs. Well, that doesn't really make sense in the beginning of the year. Maybe I want to put that in the spring, or I really want to do this fundraiser, or I really need to get out in the community, or I have to get class rosters done, or I've got to uh, create a phone tree. Like Some of those things are pertinent summer beginning of the year stuff. And so if you can create a list of tasks and put them in these buckets of 30, 60, 90 day plan, but also in terms of like Casey's saying more, you know, around school goals. I mean, that's really a strong way to uh, plan ahead. So I really like that idea. Oh yeah, Marilyn, it's so easy and great. You can start simple, of course, chat with Casey or chat with me about how to create one. And it doesn't have to be the lengthy. The point is that you are just forecasting and trying to organize. And so that you have a focus as you're going into the year this month, this is what my focus is, or this part of the year, this is what I'm doing. This makes sense. Keeps your leadership really aligned to whatever the school goal is. And you're putting action steps that are aligned to it. So you don't get lost in all this random tasks. Um, okay, Mel, anything last from you? No, um, I was thinking about the 30, 60, and 90 plan. A lot of times districts go ahead and put those um, calendars out for the new year. So just take that calendar and just start jotting those things down from the district and talking to your admin team and seeing, you know, what are their initiatives for next year? And then you can go from there. So, yeah, yeah awesome. Great chat. Um, I'm really glad you guys are in the chat, um, sharing your own ideas. Again, one of the things we've been talking about is your PLN. So follow each other, not just here in this one chat, but off this platform, really get to know each other, share stories and ideas. I mentioned a blog post in here that will give you 10 additional tasks that we didn't cover. You can look at that. I also invited you to our virtual coaching summit. Grab your ticket. The link is in the chat there. And we meet every other week here, Sundays at eight. So we'll be off next week, but we'll be back the week after that. And so I hope that you're able to take some of these tasks that Mel and I have shared with you and start implementing them today, tomorrow, and throughout your spring semester. So with that, Mel, how can we get in touch with you? How can we connect? We'd love for you to be part of our PLN. Hi, yeah, I am at um, <clears throat> MPN, MPN, well, let me start over. I'm at Melniqua Holloway um, on Facebook and MPN2A on Twitter. And so that is the main ways to get in touch with me. Um, if you need anything, please reach out. This was an amazing opportunity. Thank you again, Gretchen. And um, 
Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I love having you show up to chats in the past and continue to partner together for the future. So thank you. Thank you. It's good to see everyone. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Good seeing everyone here and in the chat. All right, go be great. All right, Elite Educators, I hope you found value in that Clubhouse chat. All resources mentioned will be in the show notes. Just visit www.alwaysalesson.com, click on podcast, and find this bonus episode. Wishing you an empowered school year. Go be great.